Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. There will be no spoilers for previous... God damn it! There will be spoilers for previous episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes. Every fucking time with me, man. Maybe you should actually, like, write it out in the script, because, I mean, we've just been doing, like, the spoiler-free thing... (laughs) And just like kind of riffing on that so maybe you, you should you, actually alter the script you might not be wrong on that subject <laughs> all right having animalistic cage sex i'm harrison and clearly wearing underwear when i'm supposed to be naked after the <laughs> animal cage sex i'm jason yep. harrison what episode about animal cage sex are we watching this week We're watching Buffy Season 4, Episode 6. Weirdly enough, they called this episode Animal Cage Sex. Uh, No, this episode is uh, Wild at Heart. Uh, This is the one where Oz gets a little wild, and that breaks Willow's heart. Nice. Nice. I I planned that. (laughs) That, No, 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 that's a good turn of phrase. Um, Wild at Heart was written by our old friend Marty Noxon. And directed by David Grossman and originally aired on November 9th, 1999. So Jason, tell me, what are you drinking this week? Well, Harrison, I uh, opened up a Christmas present from my mom. Uh, technically from both my parents, but I know oh. my mom like was uh, specific in this one. Uh, it's a bottle of uh, red wine <laughs> from White Mire, um, which is a winery in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. And uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a reserve that I haven't had, so um, it smells good though. Interested in nice in seeing how it tastes. Very nice. Uh, I am mixing it up a bit this week. I've got a uh, vodka cranberry. Cool. It's very pretty. I got a little uh, that's in a, there. That's kind of like that's kind of my go-to drink when I'm at bars because um, I think of all mixed drinks, I like vodka drinks uh, the most. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I wouldn't actually call vodka my favorite liqueur, but um, but. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I really like White Russians, but I don't trust the uh, cream <laughs> that they have at bars. Yeah, don't know how long fair. that's been sitting around. So, uh, yeah, vodka cranberry is typically, like, a really go-to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it makes me seem like a like a, a girl who just turned 21. It's, hey, that's okay. It's a solid drink. It is. Uh, well, and that makes sense, too, since most of the other, like, mixed drinks involve, like, sodas and carbonated beverages and so um so yeah so listeners i can't drink too many carbonated beverages um really the only carbonated beverage i can drink is beer uh because that's nowhere near as carbonated as soft drinks yeah soft drinks are a no-go for me but he'll die and i'll get my tummy will get very rumbly um (laughs) but uh not the good kind of rumbly either but the um well, sometimes it's rumbling when you're hungry, and that's, that's to like let you know that you have food. But other true. times it's because you don't feel great. Um, Harrison had a look of confusion on his face when I said <laughs> rumbly tumbly. Um, 
But uh, surprisingly, I've noticed that when you mix drinks with sodas, then it typically flattens the soda fairly decently. Mm-hmm. So I actually can drink. Uh, I actually can drink stuff that's like mixed with like Sprite mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay, well that's good. Um, I would hate for your cocktail uh, possibilities to be so limited. Um, but okay. Uh, well, a toast. Hmm. What should I toast to? Um, the new year. Uh, yeah. Here's this is our is this our first? Yeah, this is our first episode in the new year. So yes, cheers to the new years. To twenty twenty one. Very subtle flavor in this wine. It was, it's it smelled like it was going to be more flavorful, but uh, I mean mm-hmm. it's not not bad. Ooh, it's got a nice aftertaste though. That aftertaste kind of sticks with you. I like it. All right. So um, let's talk about Wild at Heart. Let's. And, Before uh, we get into it, I have... Yeah, sure. I, 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 this is, you know, what I would normally save for the end of this episode. But this is kind of a weird one. Because Wild at Heart, I think, if just in a void, disconnected from everything else, I think is a technically a very good episode like the episode itself is good the problem is we don't experience this episode in a void disconnected from the rest of the series so it is the the events of this episode are so abrupt um it's, yes it's i i was going very to make shocking. a similar comment and I, the more we get into it uh mm-hmm. like the deeper we get into the episode that i'll probably bring that up um, and there are but, some behind-the-scenes stuff that I'll, I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into it mm-hmm. that is the reason for why this episode, um, I think solid as the individual episode is, why the events of it are just like, whoa, oh my god, this all happens so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this episode is the very uh, definition of the, well, that escalated quickly meme. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's actually actually now that I think about it, this is gonna be a fun episode to talk about. Um, we open up though with uh, two characters that are not featured that much in the episode. Um, Buffy is uh, Buffy's uh, fighting a vampire, and uh, even though she thinks out some really good puns, the vampire just doesn't really respond to it at all, which kind of makes her a little mad. She's and... so upset that, like, that he did not appreciate her, her puns. No, like, I, I, I feel that Buffy. <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like I make extremely good jokes, like not even, not even like some of those, like, oh, I know that's bad. Like, uh, I made up a fairly good bad joke recently. Um, it's a. Uh, all right, let's see how you like it. Um. Where did the angel put its data from last week? Hmm. Where did the angel put its data from last week? Oh my god. I swear to god, if it's in the cloud. No, no. Oh. It's um <laughs> it's in Excel sheets days ago. Okay. Alright. <laughs> So bad. Oh, it took me a second. I'm sorry, it's, audience. It took me a minute to get there, but uh, no, I I approve of it. I was inputting some data at work the other day, and I was just in Excel, and I'm like, huh, in Excel sounds a bit like in Excel. She's day. Oh, wait a minute, I can do this. 
so many um, possibilities have just opened up. I, it's a better yeah, punchline I, than in the cloud. No, no, I, I was really going for the wordplay. But, uh, but yeah, um, Buffy, yeah, I can totally relate to Buffy, like, thinking that her jokes are really good and nobody appreciating them. And she's like, gosh, I just wish, like, something could happen. And enter Spike. I wrote in my notes. Haven't... Hello, Spike. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we haven't seen him since uh, the harsh light of day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or was it in uh, the dark? In the dark, yeah. Yeah, but we haven't seen him since episode. that two-parter. Yeah. Um, I, c- I couldn't remember which was which. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's standing there making a menacing monologue. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Slayer. Dona shouldn't wish for trouble like that. The big bad is back, and then he gets tased. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, tased by some of the commandos we've been seeing and dragged off screen. And I wrote in my and notes, that is... Goodbye, Spike. <laughs> that is literally the only time we see him in this episode. <laughs> It's a it's a fun little misdirect. It, it's like I do like that they're like, oh, Spike's back. He's causing trouble. Ah, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll cause trouble. We'll just have to wait a wait a little bit to get to it. Uh, but yeah, but then we have our opening credits, and um, this will be the last appearance in the opening credits for a character. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not Xander. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, uh, I mean, I feel like we're being nicer to Xander overall, but, um, <coughs> <Excuse me. coughs> we're still, I'm still going to take my shots. No, that's totally fair. Uh, shots at Xander whenever possible. Um, but I will say, I actually had in my notes several nice things to say about Xander in this episode. Um, and I even wrote in my notes, what is going on? Which is interesting because he's, um, he... He's really not featured that much in this episode. Mm-hmm. The I only mean, it's character... all Willow and Oz. Yeah, it's very much all Willow and Oz. Um, who we join with Buffy and Xander at the Bronze after mm-hmm. the opening credits. And uh, once again, Veruca is very clearly lip-syncing this song. Um, which, but it's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> She's also, like, filleting that microphone. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's really funny because all of the men uh including giles because giles shows up um, is uh they're like fixated on her they're so enraptured and willow is like fuck this and buffy good friend buffy like sees what's happening and she's like it's not even not even that good and uh we have seen this before. Um, last week in Beer Bad, uh, mm-hmm. it um, Oz when Oz was listening to uh, Veruca's band Shy, he he very much was mesmerized then as well. Yeah, um, and Willow was extremely jealous then as well. Um, and I think, um, I mean, obviously, jealousy doesn't look good on anybody. But uh, I also kind of give Willow a little bit of slack because this does seem to be the first time that she's really kind of felt jealousy about Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Oz has usually been like a fairly good boy. Um, can't can't say can't say that in this episode though. But yeah. uh, we'll get to that. Um, um, 
I we mentioned obviously Giles shows up, but um this whole scene when Giles arrives is hilarious <laughs> because they the whole gang is just like, What the fuck? Why is he here? This is it, so yeah, weird. It, it very much is like the uh the awkward oh and the teacher tries to hang out with students. Yeah. And that that honestly never happened for me in high school, but it did happen in college. Um mm. and you know, just be sitting and then um then like a you would think that most teachers would just kind of go off on their own to eat lunch or eat in their office or something. But every now and again, there'd be a teacher just kind of be walking around and they'd like, they'd sit down and we'd start talking. It's, and, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little awkward at first. I will say though, um, I find that more acceptable in a college setting. Yeah. Like the further, the further I got into college, um, the actually you get a tad more, um, you get a tag closer to your professors because a lot of them are kind of helping you with your um, either with the coursework, which typically gets harder as you go on through college. But also, um, if it's your major, if it's like you want to find out what your trajectory is, you typically spend a lot more time talking to your mm-hmm. professor about, it, especially if you start doing research for them as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it got to the point where I was actually kind of. Um, hanging out with a couple of my teachers quite a bit, um, especially in grad school. Uh, See, if you're if you're gay, the closest you ever get to a teacher is uh, the relationship you have with your high school English teacher. Um, every every sensitive gay has a high school English teacher <laughs> that was like their like um, uh, as Willow would say, they're a person blanky. <laughs> You included, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a high school English teacher I was like very close to, and you know, not in a weird way, but just like a teacher that I would like go to his classroom after school and like get a book off of his shelf to borrow, and then like um, talk like talk, be like, yeah, I really liked this book. It was really good. It, blah blah blah. And it was then, really funny. Oh, uh, sorry, I was. Uh, no, saying... I was about to make a very. Um, I was about to make a joke that really it's it's glad that you cut me off before I could make okay. it. Okay. <laughs> in um yeah, in high school, uh my German teacher was also the uh the um head of the Tiger Chorus, like the singing group which mm-hmm. I was in, and he also did the musical direction for when we did our spring musicals. So, I would spend so much time around him that it just I was kind of forced into familiarity with him, but he was, he was mm-hmm. a really good guy. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's weird that, uh, it's weird that Giles is there, and of course they make the appropriate, uh, wow, you, I guess you used to party in your day, and <laughs> making references to the Rolling Stones and everything. I will say, this episode, and we see this later on, mm-hmm. Giles is getting, I mean, early on in this season, he was very, uh, Oh, I'm happy to have my freedom. I'm, you know, hooking up with uh, these really hot chicks uh, because, I mean, he's a fox. Uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about wolves, but let's take a minute to talk <laughs> about this fox. Uh, but it, it it very much seems like he's getting a little uh, stir crazy, and yeah. uh, to the point where when Buffy shows up like later to give him an update on just things in general he's ready to spring into action yep 
it's it's very uh it's funny but it also like yeah it's it, it feels very in character and yeah i giles at the beginning of the season feels kind of like um april may lockdown like i'm gonna like get into new hobbies and like and like this episode he definitely feels like september october like okay 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 we gotta get out of here out of curiosity have you had any hobbies that you started in march or april Mm -hmm. that you are still doing at this point it can be anything no no not what I didn't really start any new hobbies. I um, I did make a point to um, uh, be more um, consistent and dedicated with my writing, um, and I've that's you know been on and off how successful I've been uh, on that uh, on that front. But I did finish um, two pi- uh, two screenplays for two pilots that I was working on, so. Very nice. Um, that was um, uh, that that felt really good, and I've got a, um, I've got a um, a a screenplay, a feature screenplay that I am working on. That is based on a sex nightmare I had. A sex nightmare. Uh, yeah, God. it started off. It started off as a sex dream. And then it turned, like, then it, like, the dream, like, changed into, like, a slasher movie. Um, And I was, I woke up and I was thinking about it. I was like, huh, actually, though, that gives me an idea um, for, like, a a horror screenplay. (laughs) Um, Hey, there you go. But, yeah, Giles is very, like stir crazy um he shows up to the bronze at the uh befuddlement of everyone i even like when he walks in buffy immediately is like oh is are there monsters is there an emergency <laughs> like that's the only reason you'd be here <laughs> um which was also which lo- was also i'm he has a he has a mug of what i'm assuming is tea which i feel like <laughs> if he were at a no it's a latte were, it is a latte okay he, he said he, uh, well he he makes a comment about buying lattes for everyone else so okay i was i just assumed it was a latte i just i guess i missed that line and i just seemed like oh he's british <laughs> he's probably drinking tea uh it's uh it's um uh but yeah i'd give him more crap if they were at an actual bar but seeing as how this is a bar that right. um serves uh minors like soft drinks and stuff i can't give him too much crap for that <laughs> um so yeah we i feel like we've spent a lot of time on this scene where i don't think All much right, else we'll, that really happens in that yeah yeah we'll, we'll kick it into overdrive <laughs> a little bit uh willow is uh waking up in oz's room and mm-hmm. uh, they they clearly had had a, a nice night together and this is a pretty adorable scene uh it's it's adorable to the point where um it's very sweet they're yeah they're talking in very low voices to each other um and honestly like the the way that allison hannigan hits her lines in this scene um feel very genuine uh oh yeah she's very much uh kind of the she she feels a little distant from oz um and uh she does talk about her uh wicca group because uh she's found a wicca group on campus and uh, they're meeting 
uh, three nights, the next three nights, which turns out to be the next three nights are the full moon. Because as we have mm-hmm. established before in Buffy, the full moon takes place over three nights. Mm-hmm. And so Oz will be, Oz will be locking himself up in a cage. Um, then we go to, uh, then we go to Professor Walsh's class and Buffy got a great grade on a paper. She got a better grade on a paper than Willow did. So I that's awesome. I am very, very proud of Buffy. I, it's so like, I really like Buffy's reaction. The, the, she's, she, <clears throat> excuse me. She is clearly like very proud of herself as well. Um, although she is not happy that the reward for doing so well is essentially more homework. Um, I think this is but, the first time that uh, we really see Buffy proud about something that has happened at college specifically. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you look at you look at the stuff that she's been through so far, and it's not great. So I think she's finally starting to find a little bit of place in college. Mm-hmm. So um, good for her. And yeah. uh, it's funny because... Uh, uh walsh says oh if you have any questions about like the discussion groups uh ask a ta and i'm like oh i wonder what ta it's gonna be (laughs) maybe the Mm. only one we've seen (laughs) (laughs) um is that is that common for uh like one class to have multiple tas or yes at least um well i guess it depends uh because there are um it depends on size, really, because if okay. it's a huge class with over a hundred people, because um, like those lecture halls can be pretty big, those typically have like three TAs, maybe okay. more. That makes sense. Uh, but then, but then smaller classes. Uh, when I was a TA, um, there were smaller classes that uh, I would be the only TA for, and um, most of my TA time was just. Uh, helping students through the labs that they did the physics labs but there were some that i was a grader for um Mm -hmm. i would grade some of the homework and exams that were turned in um that makes sense that yeah and uh, honestly the size of this class i'd say maybe two tas and i also assume that because walsh does say ask one of the tas so right um and I think maybe Riley made reference earlier that there was that he was like one of the TAs for the class. So I don't know. I'm assuming multiple TAs, but there's only really one that the show cares about. <laughs> yeah. Um, Willow has extreme homework envy. Um, <laughs> and she also has, and I swear I wrote this in my notes um, before the episode referenced it later, but I, I wrote that she has a smashed cake shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's pretty cute. It's, it's, uh, it, 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 it definitely goes with the vibe that Willow has had since, um, since college started. She definitely mm-hmm. has done a bit of a wardrobe change and she's felt a little more free. Mm-hmm. Like we we're not seeing too many sweaters, um, thank God. <laughs> um, and actually, I uh, it, we'll, we'll get to the scene later, but I really do enjoy, um, I really do like the outfit that she has mm-hmm. um, later on with like the leather pants and everything. Yeah. Um, 
her outfits so far this season do feel like you're you're right it feels like an extension of um you know they're similar to what she wore in high school like um aesthetically they're a little you know they're they're busy and they're a little like whoa what's going on but they but yeah they've definitely taken a turn um more toward like adult um like the like this shirt is more form-fitting um, than I think anything we would have seen her wear um, outside of her vampire <laughs> willow costume uh, in high school. Um, like, I feel like we're seeing Allison Hannigan's figure more this season. Um, she, it's not hidden behind, as you said, those, like, massive and, I mean, sweaters. And, and as we've seen, like, Willow has been taking advantage of all of the feelings and liberty, liberty that you get with being in college so it makes sense that her Mm -hmm. wardrobe would evolve as such um yeah it's really funny i I really like how willow says you did better than me i'm actually jealous of you academically good job so (laughs) she she mentions that she's jealous but she's such a good friend to buffy that she's like she never forgets that she has to celebrate her friend's success yeah Although she does ping pong back and forth between these two emotions of pure jealousy and rage and like also delight for her friend. And it's um, in a very kind way. That's Willow. And um, this is, and uh, Buffy is, uh, we actually, it's interesting that, that um, Walsh makes a comment to Buffy that if you have any questions, talk to the TA. And Buffy says that she's going to see the TA, but we never see this meeting which felt like it could have been a scene yeah. between Buffy and Riley um, to kind of build more stuff up. But uh, that... Yeah, I'm actually... I'm looking down at the deleted scenes to see maybe if they're... Because it felt like they were setting up that interaction. One. But... And clearly there's... Clearly we know that there's going to be some link between Riley and Buffy given his presence. And now that um, Buffy has uh, got Parker Abrams out of her life... Um, you feel they're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's there's gonna be something between them. That's just kind of obvious uh, with the writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's honestly good for Buffy that she's not at this most awkward lunch ever. Um, <laughs> uh, ooh, this is cringy. I did not want to be at this <laughs> awkward lunch. I I like I. Have you ever had like moments when you're watching television and what's happening on the screen makes you so uncomfortable that you like have to like stand up and like oh I like pace no I, I went or I went to my phone like... and checked my email uh, I still listened to <laughs> all of the things that were happening on screen but it was so cringy to watch and it's kind of supposed to be cringy it's not like yeah it's not oh, one yeah. of those like oh I don't want to watch this this is not a yeah. criticism um, I will say though I don't. I feel bad for calling out actors, but I don't like Paige Moss. I I don't think that this character Veruca is ever sold to me. She's more no, and, and I feel like all the scenes that she's in, which are primarily with Oz, she kind of draws all the energy from it, so that she kind of makes Seth Green come off as not really that great. And we all know how good Seth Green is. Because we've been seeing him on, yeah. we've been seeing him for the past two years, two and a half years. A big problem with this character, 
and and yeah, and I agree. Moss's performance it doesn't really do much, but um, she's also not given much. Uh, this character is a bit of a cipher, you know. I mean, her whole reason for existing is to be the catalyst that breaks up Willow and Oz and yeah. um, allows Seth Green to go and do films. Um, and she, you know, and I wonder if, I guess this is a good, as good a time to bring it up as any, um, this Veruca arc was meant to be longer. Um, she, Seth Green, they, they, Seth Green had already said he was planning on leaving the show during the fourth season. Um, he, um, and then I think, I think he was, my understanding is that he was meant to stay on at least through like the halfway point, maybe even a little longer. Um, and that this arc was this, uh, kind of breakup arc between Willow and Oz, uh, and this Veruca love triangle was meant to play a larger role throughout that, throughout the season and then, for whatever reason, I'm assuming uh, it was a film that he got cast in caused them to have to write him out much sooner than they planned to, leading to this, as we said up top, very abrupt and very like quickly uh, escalating situation that I wonder if maybe the Veruca character and perhaps Paige Moss's performance might have worked better had the character actually been allowed to have literally any development because we don't know anything about her except that she's a werewolf and she fucking loves being a werewolf yeah um and and uh since we're talking about the abruptness of this it um that's probably my biggest uh my biggest uh, mark against this episode is that the way that it's written comes off as super soapy super melodramatic mm-hmm. like even melodramatic for buffy and also um also goes very much against everything we've seen established about oz like this is how mm-hmm. oz acts in this episode does not sync up with how he's acted at all throughout the series it, it's everything feels extremely mm-hmm. out of character and it it makes the whole thing just not believable um even at the and to this i was gonna say even at this lunch um they're talking obviously they're talking about amps um uh veruca and oz are because i mean hey they're both in the biz as willow calls it uh but typically oz has never been one for keeping willow out of a conversation if anything he always tries to find a way Mm -hmm. to work her into it or Actually, I feel that more often or not, Oz is probably the one on the outside of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Oz would normally try to make Willow kind of feel at home or something like that, or he wouldn't let he wouldn't let her go on and on about Elvis, uh, or or he wouldn't let, he wouldn't let Veruca yeah. make that jab about um, oh, mm-hmm. so you're a big Elvis fan. Um, which is clearly, like, just a shitty thing to say. Yeah. And that's, and see, that's the thing. I feel like if this arc had been, it had been allowed to play out the way it was originally intended, 
and this was late in that arc and we've been building to something to like these things and this change in Oz's behavior over the course of several episodes this could work yeah, better but um I don't know if I would still buy it but um you know there's yeah and I, I think the other big problem is and I think this is a missed opportunity that the show uh didn't really address until really this episode is the fact that Oz is a werewolf and how Oz feels about being a werewolf is never brought up um, unless it is a Oz werewolf episode. Uh, except for Fear time Itself. I can... Yeah, I was about to say, the only time we've had that is when they were in the haunted house. And mm-hmm. But yeah, and yeah, the fact that they try to make this a huge part of Oz's character when it hasn't been a present thing at all just feels out of place so yeah. and i feel like I'm glad we're able have. to i feel like it should have been a part of oz's character yeah because part of the reason one of the reasons seth green stated for wanting to leave the show was that he felt like there wasn't really a lot more for oz to do uh not really a lot of room for him to develop as a character and i i i, I think the way they wrote oz and i say that i like oz as a character a lot but we mentioned, I think it was in Fear Itself, we talked about how Oz largely exists as a supporting character for a supporting character. Um, yeah. And he never really got to exist on his own and have his own arcs. Um, you know, any episode that is Oz-centric is also automatically Willow-centric as well. Um, and, you know, I think if they had taken more time to put in those building blocks of how Oz feels about being a werewolf, you know, his fears of hurting people um, once a month and not being able to control himself. Um, That could have been a stronger arc to move the character forward uh, of his own volition. Yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm glad we were able to like kind of get cut through right to this. Um, But yeah, Oz of course turns into a werewolf at night. Um, he breaks out of the cage that they have in a crypt. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Their old cage just... blew up, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that night, Professor Walsh is actually leaving school. She's staying there late. And um, and I want to say something about this scene. Um, in particular, the fact that it's quiet. Um, it's absolutely quiet, except for the rustling in the bushes and uh professor walsh goes to check on that it wouldn't be that quiet because every time we've seen the werewolf on screen every breath it takes is a (laughs) so the fact that it got that quiet is ridiculous it's it's never been established that werewolves can be quiet even when they're hunting yeah um but uh but no a werewolf in this case, the werewolf that we know as Oz does jump out at her, but then another werewolf shows up, and Professor Walsh just kind of jumps into the bushes when they both jump at each other. So it's actually kind of hilarious. It's really funny. And, and Professor Walsh does say later, she's like, "Oh, I was attacked by a by a wild dog last night. At first, I thought it was a gorilla, and I'm like, gee." That's actually not a bad assumption because those things look like fucking monkey suits. Yeah, I actually wrote in my notes that that line. Um, and I, re- I wrote to myself, I was like, do you think the show 
this was the show make itself like this is like you know we're writing off this character we're not really going to be using this this costume anymore um we know it doesn't work like let's we're gonna take (laughs) a jab at it um it was actually funny as i was watching the episode john was making dinner and like he came in and um he was like he was like he got like real serious and he was like i want to talk about this werewolf costume because <laughs> and like really because he was like like he was like what happened how was this allowed to happen <laughs> it's one of the few things that as buffy got more money going forward it's one of the few things that got worse yeah because the original werewolf costume was great and then afterward it just became this ridiculous planet of the apes knockoff yep yep uh, and Veruca's costume's not much better. Um, no, in fact, it even looks worse because she's got the long oh, hair that's, right. that's meant yeah. to... That's how you know she's a girl. It's meant to show that she's a girl werewolf. <laughs> even though Veruca doesn't have that long of hair. Like, but whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. But yeah, so they, uh, but yeah, so when Oz wakes up in the morning, he um, he sees that uh, he's not alone. Veruca's there too. Surprise, surprise, Veruca's also a werewolf. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Buffy wiki does say that uh, they wake up naked together, but they really don't. Yeah, you can very clearly see the, uh, the nude underwear. Yeah, and this happens in both this scene and the uh the next scene the next night Mm -hmm. and i don't know i feel like that's just kind of laziness on the on the part of the on the part of like the the camera work Mm -hmm. um and the direction i mean we know that this is the wb and that it's not going to um they're obviously not going to show any nudity we know that the actors are probably like wearing something but i mean at least kind of give us the illusion man yeah it's well and it's interesting because there are um there are instances in uh the remaster the buffy remaster which is terrible famously um where they switch they change the aspect ratio and so you get situations like that in that remaster because they're showing stuff that was never in, like um stuff on the sides that was never intended to be on television but this is not an instance like that because this yeah. is on the DVD as that I have as well, which um, is in the proper aspect ratio. And and yeah, and, and yeah, you could make the argument that oh, this is clearly like just right out of the screen, um, right out of the corner. But later on in the one in the scene where Willow finds them both, you can like clearly see it. It's mm-hmm. dead center in the screen. Um, but yeah, so uh, Oz is freaked out and. Um, they decide to go to the uh, to like one of the laundry rooms in one of the dorms and just steal some of the clothes, and uh, so the Buffy Wiki likens this relationship of um, of Veruca telling Oz, "Hey, you know you're a wolf. Um, mm-hmm. You should act like the wolf. You should act like the wolf is a part of you. Don't act like a gu- a human that turns into a wolf. The wolf is always in you." They liken this relationship to Darla and Angel in the episode Angel from season one. I, however, find it more relatable to Faith's storyline in season three when she initially meets Buffy. Mm. Because Faith is obviously 
trying to say, hey, we can, we're, we're two bad bitches. We can do whatever the hell we want. Um, and it, and it does kind of bring out a little more of like the party girl and the, you know, let's have fun slang part of Buffy for a while. Obviously, mm-hmm. in the end, that relationship went a little south. Um, but, <laughs> little uh, but yeah, um, it, but this storyline, it just feels kind of familiar, mm-hmm. which is why I'm not that invested in it. I feel like we not only have seen this in, in plenty of different stories and shows, but we've seen this in Buffy. Yeah. Like already. And it just, it, and between that and the melodrama that's brought up between it, like this scene in the laundry room is one of those things where Veruca's just kind of drains the energy from it well it's like what does she want out this is like what we were saying earlier what does she want why is she like this you know i um i i i both want to know more and also don't (laughs) i don't want more of her but i also i'm just like what is driving you to do this other than the script and you're kind of an asshole like yeah um but yeah so oz is basically just trying to like get away from her despite the fact that she she's ready to get down and dirty with him like right there in the laundry room which is gross because <laughs> it's a laundromat it, yeah yeah any any college surface that isn't your own bed is nasty to have sex on <laughs> like anything we're talking about dorm room floors of like uh college bathrooms uh laundry room floors hell even like uh even beer pong tables at frat houses like don't have (laughs) sex on any of those surfaces like if you're gonna have sex in college do it in a bed do it in a in specifically in a bed that is either yours or your partner's don't um don't have sex on your roommate's bed because that's just rude that's very rude um, unless yeah. uh, your partner is your roommate, in which case, have at it. Okay. I mean, yeah, go go for that. Uh, and you know, like maybe, maybe do like a night in your bed, a night in their bed. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, one thing about college is that you're always rocking the twin beds in the dorm room. <laughs> but um, uh, Willow does show up to uh, to Oz's room. And uh, here she is. She's wearing these leather pants and uh, it's a dark purple top. It's like a, well, it's like, it's weird because it's like a dark lavender. Does that make sense? Okay. Do you know what I, like, yeah, no, no. what I mean when I say dark lavender? Because. Well, well yeah, yeah. Because I've seen her in, I've seen the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, I, I think it's a really good look on her. Uh, um, so does Oz. He's like, <laughs> damn girl. Yeah, he notices her changing clothing. She notices his changing clothing, which is just this dorky kind of polo shirt, baggy pants vibe. It that, looks uh, it looks like the costumers went okay. We need something that looks like like for Oz that he just pulled out randomly. Hey, someone just go grab something from the Xander closet. <laughs> <laughs> And, oh my god, that's so true. And the way that the clothes fit, because they're clearly too big for him too. Like, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if those were just costumes 
that were made for Nicholas Brendan, who is obviously quite a bit larger <laughs> than Seth Green, um, and just yeah, repurposed for this this scene. But yeah, um, Willow is kind of one um, is kind of wanting to you know get down to some dirty business with Oz, and uh, and Oz uh, and it's I, I, what I will say is a really good shot in this episode is when she starts lifting up the back of his shirt and it has the scratches mm-hmm. from Oz and Veruca's Wild Night and. Uh, and I, I like that shot, and it kind of makes sense that, oh, now Willow, now Oz is being a little closed off to Willow, mm-hmm. because, um, uh, but yeah, it, it makes sense in that regard, but I also feel that, uh, as we've talked about this before, Oz has always been supportive of Willow, mm-hmm. um, he's always been open with her, he's always been devoted to her. So the fact that he has not brought this up, the fact that he keeps this to himself feels mm-hmm. extremely out of character. And maybe it is because of the abrupt nature of it that we haven't had this buildup of the yeah. story, but it, it just feels so not Oz. Yeah, and... it, it doesn't bother me in this initial scene. You know, he's still processing and all of that. But yeah, after all of this, he does not tell anyone. Um, and like... He doesn't tell Willow, which is obviously an emotional betrayal, but he also doesn't tell Buffy, like, that he knows who this other werewolf is, and he knows that she's dangerous, Um, which is also just feels really, it feels really out of character for the way he tries to solve this problem. Yeah. Um, Uh, But uh, as I said before, uh, Professor Walsh and has told Riley and now Buffy that uh, there were two uh, ape, uh, gorilla-sized wild dogs on campus that she got attacked by. And yep. um, Buffy immediately knows, oh, full moon, we've got some werewolves. Yep. Um, so she goes to Giles, and this is a very short scene. We made, it, we made reference to it before. But Giles is watching some kind of quiz show. Uh, at first I thought it was Jeopardy, but it's not Jeopardy. No. Specifically for... The fact that um, Giles answers a uh, Giles answers a question before the contestant does. The contestant answers it incorrectly, and he says, "Oh, you idiot! That dinette set that should, should be, be mine." mine. <laughs> that is okay. That is so relatable. That moment, <laughs> his his unreasonable anger at this person getting the the question wrong that he knew the answer to. Um, yeah. So like. Um, it's funny when I'm, like, watch, listening to, like, a podcast or something, and, like, uh, the hosts are like, oh, what's that thing? I can't think of it. And, you know, we do it, too. But I I know that when I'm listening to a podcast and that's happening, I'm like, it's it's this. It's 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 Harry Potter or whatever the answer is that they're trying to think of. I said Harry Potter because I just looked at my Harry Potter books on my shelf. Um, but, yeah, it's just very funny get, watching him get so frustrated. Um it's also interesting that he's uh, moved his television uh, out from behind its uh, hiding spot. <laughs> well, now everybody knows that he has one, so <laughs> yeah. the, the jig the is up. The secret's out. The jig <laughs> is up. Um, and uh, yeah, so as we talked about before, uh, Buffy tells Giles about it, and then um, 
she was to check on under this cage so it's like hey yeah i got out um there haven't been any attacks and we kind of knew that because um veruca said that uh you know they they weren't attacking anyone last night they were too busy attacking each other and um yeah and like you said uh mm-hmm. Oz doesn't remember much of anything. At least that's what he says, which is clearly a lie. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, this is serious stuff. So the fact that he's lying about this is um, not good. Uh, meanwhile, Willow mm-hmm. is going to talk to Xander because she wants a male perspective on things. And uh, and as Xander says, he does check check off that criteria. Um. Uh, Yep. But yeah, and and what Xander talks about is that, you know, s- believe it or not, there are a couple minutes in a year when guys don't want to have sex because they're preoccupied with something else. And, uh, and also he tries to, like, remind her of the trust that she and Oz have between each other and the fact that, you know... Mm-hmm. This is Oz. I mean, he's he's genuinely a good guy. This is what we all thought about Oz in this episode, uh, before this mm-hmm. episode. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think we're all kind of in the Xander mindset right now. Ooh, yeah, that, Xander's, that hurts uh, to say. <laughs> I know. It's frustrating. But, like, yeah, his advice to her is spot on. What, what you said before, like, when because her, her whole thing is like, um, he didn't want to have sex with me. That's weird, right? And Xander's like, dude... Um, and then his other piece of advice is talk to him. Yeah. Like, have you asked him what's going on? I also really love the moment where um, Willow's like, okay, so say someone and someone else, uh, and this is happening between them. And Xander's like, Willow, I've deciphered your ingenious code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this, um, all this time in the basement... Has uh, really given Xander some time to reflect, which technically was the uh, was the point of his uh, Kerouac esque journey that ended abruptly. Yeah. So I guess, hey, I mean, get it however you can. That's um, true. Um, I also want to say I I meant I meant to say this while we were still at Giles's house, but I love Giles's front door. I just really like it. It okay. looks cool. Yeah. Um. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, so when Oz is trying to get uh, his the crypt together, um, that's when Veruca shows up, and uh, she's like, "Hey, I need to be I need to be outside, running free," and um, but they're both starting to turn, and Oz is like, just kind of. Uh, Oz is like really scared about it, but Veruca's just like, yeah, I love this rush. It's so great. Mm-hmm. That again, that again reminded me of Faith and like the mm-hmm. rush that she would get anytime she stakes a vampire. Um, and uh, so Oz decides that the uh, that the only thing that he can do to stop her from hurting people is lock her in the cage with him, which and, she does by kissing her. Yeah. And Ugh. so here's here's obviously something to think about. It's it's kind of played though never explicitly said that um Veruca has the ability to 
um, draw the male gaze. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we're, we're led to assume that this is a side effect of her being a wolf. I think Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's never explicitly said, but yeah, Oz isn't doing this for some noble reason, or if it is, that's second, that's secondary Mm -hmm. because he does feel this animal attraction to Veruca and they consummate that attraction. And, Unfortunately, you know, this could have been something too that w- could have been interesting to to explore that the episode really doesn't of how you know his wolf instincts overpowering his human ones. Yeah. Um and which kind of which actually would work really well cuz it ties into what Veruca is saying as well. So like I feel like there's there's ways they could have done this to make this story work better. Um, and, and explore it with more depth and more nuance. But yeah, here it's, I have to, my only way to stop you from hurting anyone is by making out with you so that I can trick you into being in this cage with me and we're going to fuck. Um, and we're going to hold hands. That, Ugh, that, that, that shot, shot of crazy. their hands. Oh, I hated it. I, 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 yeah. This is coming from a guy who watches a lot of CW shows and lives for melodrama like that this <laughs> this was cringy for me i did not like it yeah. um of course the next morning willow shows up and sees the and sees oz and veruca together and um i i re- <laughs> i did notice this and the apparently the, the people who are the buffy wiki does with wiki uh notice it too after Oz gets dressed and in an uncharacteristic burst of anger, orders mm-hmm. Veruca out. Which, yeah, to see him like kind of yell at her, that's that's shocking. Like, it, 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 yeah, it was very. Uh, it took me aback. Um, yeah, I I do like uh, this moment of the show remembering its history when um, it, it, Oz brings up the uh, uh, the Willow and. Uh, willow and xander stuff from yeah. last season um i also <laughs> um i kind of like it just kind of made me laugh when um willow's like calling out oz's behavior baruka basically has a line at one point where she's like she's right you know <laughs> I was, I was, it's like, I was oh like my god get out of here <laughs> i'm about to show an uncharacteristic burst of anger <laughs> Uh, but yeah um and oz has kind of no response to that um Mm -hmm. and and will is just like oh do you like have you wanted her even before you knew she was a werewolf and oz doesn't really say anything but silent the silence is deafening um Mm -hmm. so she is upset so upset that she almost walks in front of a car and yeah buffy buffy is there but she is too far away to save her. But fortunately, Riley is there for some reason. Um, it's the only coffee spot in town. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's only like, street in Sunnydale, so... Yeah, I mean, they've only got... Uh, they, they've got a, they've got three clubs, uh, the bronze of which is the third best, but uh, they only have one <laughs> coffee shop. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do say, Riley does have probably one of the most important messages in this episode um he says he doesn't know what happened 
but it's not worth hurting yourself over. And that's mm-hmm. true for anything. I, I get It that... is a bit presumptuous of him. She wasn't trying to hurt herself. It, it wasn't just her not paying attention. Yeah. But he yeah, doesn't know it, that, it, so... Yeah, it's information that he doesn't have, but that doesn't stop that message from being super important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's not, she's not outright trying to get hit by a car, but um, she is kind of being despondent. And... Yeah, this is this is an important lesson, audience. Um, breakups can be hard. I mean, you and I have both been through some pretty traumatic breakups, and mm-hmm. there. I don't know about you, but there were times that I thought about like you know, um, maybe not going to like some of the extremes, like jumping in front of a car. But I did feel like hurting myself or something like that, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't. Uh, but it, nothing is worth hurting yourself over. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to share anything, but, uh, no, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, you know, I feel like that's pretty common, that idea, yeah. you know, um, uh, you know, I don't think, um, you know, yeah, I think those thoughts cross everyone's mind yeah. from time to time. Um, and I think they're, I think that's natural. It's, um, you know, you have to be careful to not let those thoughts, though, overcome you um, into doing something that will get yourself hurt. Yeah. Um, Willow eventually sit, tells Buffy everything, and um, and Buffy kind of tells tells uh, Willow that like, oh yeah, Riley was right. This isn't worth hurting yourself over. Um, she then, uh, yeah, she says, oh, put the blame where it belongs. Unfortunately, Ooh, Willow, Willow takes yeah. the wrong meaning of this. Oh, this is. Uh, in all fairness, Damn. this isn't, in, in all fairness to Willow, this isn't a really good thing for Buffy to say. Like, that's, that, that is not something to say to somebody who's emotionally detru- yeah. distraught. I think her her intention was right. She was just trying to say, like, this isn't your fault. You know, the people who are doing this are to blame. So, and you need to, you know, you can't put the blame, you can't take on the blame for what other people are doing. But of course, but Willow Will- interprets this to mean black, open up, dark open up my magic. Ma- open up my magic chest <laughs> and get ready to do some nasty-ass spells. Uh, but um, Buffy eventually goes to uh, Oz's room and I like that she is very much to the point. I like that she is. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me find Veruca. And Oz is also, at first, very much to the point. And and then, but then he when he tries to say like, "Oh, Buffy, I didn't." And Buffy's immediately like, "Hey, this is a good time for your trademark stoicism." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we uh. And uh, we do have um, Buffy and Oz. Buffy is armed with a uh, with a rifle, and yep, um, with a trank, trank rifle, gun. Yeah, um, and they are looking for uh, Veruca's. They, they are looking for Veruca, but the scent actually leads to her clothes, which they think is. Uh, which they immediately just kind of think, "Oh, Veruca put those there to throw you off of where she is going," and they both immediately think, "Oh." She's going after Willow, um, which I guess is a logical jump, but uh, it, it seems like 
it seems like maybe a jump too far, but I mean, it's, hey, we, we only we only got forty our, minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's definitely one of our um, our you know we're nearing the end of the episodes, so you know we need to get to the point. You know, this one tracks way more logically than uh, in the dark. He told me he likes kids. To the pier! <laughs> <laughs> but um, before Buffy is able to uh, get to Oz, or follow Oz, she just flat out runs into uh, another commando that we have seen mm-hmm. a couple of times. We saw them at the end of the first episode of this season and in Fear Itself. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the beginning of this episode. And the beginning of this episode. <laughs> so they fight, but um, Buffy eventually like grabs her gun and is just kind of like, I'll deal with you later. Um, yeah. And uh, then we get to Willow, who is really, really, really channeling some dark spirits here. Like, this is some, this is some crazy ass. Intense. Yeah. We don't really know what the spell's going to do, but I mean, it involves throwing a picture of Oz into some fire. And, and, um, but just as she's about to do it, she, she looks at that, she looks at that beautiful face, that beautiful Seth Green face, and, um, she can't do it. And so she, she puts the picture down and this makes all of the vials and flasks that have been floating just smash to the ground. So that's kind of. That's kind of like the most intense magic we've seen from Willow up to this point, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's telling that they don't uh they they don't tell us what Willow's spell was. Let's was just assume that it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh cuz I I was wondering like as I was watching it like I don't think her intent was to kill, but uh you know there was definitely going to be something nasty done to them. Yeah. Uh, but Veruca's there. She's like, oh, you know, for a minute, I thought you were actually going to finish the spell and that you actually kind of played dirty. But then I knew you were too weak. And mm-hmm. yeah, so this leads to her. Um... Yeah. So she's like, hey, I'm as soon as the sun goes down, I'm going to kill you. So Oz and I can be together. And, uh, which why what's your end game here other than i oz i just to be a dick (laughs) yeah Uh, but oz does show up and god this this scene of them fight (laughs) yeah but no this scene of them partially transforming i mean that makeup doesn't look that great on oz it looks even worse on peruka oh my gosh it's just it's it's painful to watch like we've reached another moment where i had to check my email um (laughs) they do eventually completely transform and start fighting um oz is uh oz rips her throat out Um, yeah that's intense it is yeah that that's probably one of the more graphic intense deaths deaths on the show and the first the really the first time that we've seen something so graphic and uh and intense uh done to i mean essentially a human um particularly by one of our main characters um i yeah. think it's I, I mean that's interesting that one of our protagonists 
you know, essentially kills another person. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't have complete control over himself. There, there are circumstances. I'm not going to come down too hard on Oz for this, but yeah, uh, it's. I, I'm just surprised the show went there. Yeah, and I think it's it's even more shocking in the fact that we've just kind of gotten used to the, to you know, stab a vampire in the heart, turn to dust. Mm-hmm. It's it's quick and easy, uh, for the most part. Buffy makes it look easy. Uh, but uh yeah seeing something as brutal as this is uh it it is jarring um could have happened to a nicer person (laughs) oz is still obviously in his wolf form and he sees willow and at first willow is trying to like just reach out to him and but willow or but oz wolf oz does like start to head towards her but fortunately buffy is there and shoots him and he's tricked and then she tries to comfort willow yeah so we go to uh buffy and um this this seems more important than anything that has happened in the episode uh buffy is talking to giles about these commandos that Mm -hmm. um that she has seen and again she talks about how at halloween she just assumed that they were in costume but maybe they were working and uh and yeah and so uh yeah she wasn't able to stop oz from killing veruca and she blames that on fighting the commando and when uh buffy's been talking about how will has been feeling uh, um again the show is aware of its own history uh, Giles does bring up how Buffy felt after um, having to kill Angel, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, so he's like, "You've been through this, so you can help Willow through this." And uh, Buffy's not so certain because you know she said, "Oh yeah, well I did kind of run away and go to hell and then get over <laughs> it." I believe in Buffy, though. I yeah. Um... And, you know, this is a nice scene. It's, um, obviously, there's some plot mechanics at work here, you know, pushing forward this, uh, this arc we're starting to see form with these commandos. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's also just good for the characters. It's a nice personal scene between Buffy and Giles. Giles expressing his concern and his care, uh, to Buffy for Willow, which is really sweet. Um, I like it. Yeah. Um, then we have the final scene of the episode, which is obviously going to be Willow and Oz. And, um, yeah. I, I'm not sure where Willow is at this moment in how she feels about their relationship, but she mm-hmm. is very devastated to see Oz packing to leave. And yeah. um, I imagine Willow is feeling obviously hurt and betrayed um but i i imagine she's coming at a place of you know we got through the thing with sander so we can get through this you know i i think that's where willow is i don't think she based on her reaction when oz tells her he's leaving i don't think she wants to end this relationship i don't you know i think she wants him to which, I mean, she definitely wants him to stay and yeah. to stay with her, I think. Um, 
and um but yeah it's um that's that's my how i interpret it yeah uh but yeah oz is leaving and um yeah willow's just super sad we get those willow tears um oz does get into uh, his van and it looks like he's about to like just not drive away for a second he does consider going back but then he just says no and then drives away Mm -hmm. end of episode probably the bleakest episode ending we've had in a while i can't i'm trying to think of an episode we've we've had recently that's had as as much of a downer ending and as this and I'm not I'm very not different. The... Very different from the beer bad ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. um. Yeah. This is. I feel like it's been. Yeah. It's it's probably definitely the the saddest ending that we've seen in a uh, in a season four episode. Um. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, that was um that was wild at heart, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I. I didn't remember much about this episode except that I knew that it was kind of like the last time we would see Oz as a main character. Mm-hmm. And uh and I remember not feeling great about how it ended. Um and now that I have now that I have like all of the series in my head um cuz I have this is yet another episode that I haven't watched since my first watch through of Buffy. Um this uh this this definitely does feel for all of the reasons that we have said like a very rushed mm-hmm. a very rushed story and it doesn't none of it the only thing that comes off as genuine is the heartbreak that willow feels yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and yeah props to allison hannigan for for bringing in every scene that she's in really she for me she is the clear standout in this episode i think um i think seth green is good in this episode um you know i think he's doing everything that's being asked of him but allison hannigan is just i mean that she has that line in the final scene between her and oz when she's crying and she says um she says something like uh didn't you ever love me or something like that um and oh my god my heart breaks it's um she she really does have contagious tears like (laughs) (laughs) and um she just and she plays all these beats the the beginning of the episode when they're having their like really cute pillow talk um is very sweet and then you know the jealousy the rage the the heartbreak she she goes through all of it um you know she she goes through it in this episode yeah. and um and Hannigan just just continuously brings it um and yeah i and i agree all of your points i um that you make it's it's just so rushed um so it's frustrating to see what could have been a really good story a really interesting um uh exploration of oz uh, his humanity versus his lycanthropy, how, you know, what that means to him, how he balances that. Um, but yeah, trying to smush it all into this one episode. 
just it's it's a whirlwind and not necessarily in a good way yeah and also the fact that so much of this episode is all about this willow and oz stuff it makes the other stuff about the commando um the appearance of spike um it makes it all even um even like the whole giles being restless thing i mean they're enjoyable scenes but they also Mm -hmm. feel just a little out of place you're like oh that happens in this episode now obviously Mm -hmm. we're going to get more as we go on it it just felt kind of strange to put those things into the episode um where even i even have to remember that buffy is in a couple of scenes in this episode she's in an an she's in a significant amount of the episode but you also don't remember like the things that she does because it's it's fully all about willow and oz yeah yeah buffy's role is pretty passive in this episode yeah um it's largely reacting to uh to willow really um and getting good grades on homework (laughs) um i i actually don't mind the usage of the um of how the commandos are used here um the one at the beginning is obviously just there to be part of the the teaser at the beginning of the episode so um but the one at the buffy fights in the woods does serve a very specific purpose narratively um and that's to allow oz to get to willow first right um and um and it and it helps that they can use that too to push the uh the the arc of the season forward a little bit with buffy realizing so that didn't that i i thought that was actually some good um um not narrative shorthand i don't know why i'm that's the word i want to use but it it accomplishes several useful things um for both the episode and the season yeah it's just it's not apparent at this moment yeah um but yeah, uh, if I had to rate this episode, which I do, that's my damn job. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it two out of five. Uh, that's a funny thing. Two out of five, <laughs> two out of five dinette sets that should be mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those two dinette sets come almost exclusively from Allison Hannigan's performance. Yeah. Um I'm going to give this one um two and a half out of 5 stolen laundries. Stolen laundries? Yes. <laughs> That's stolen Nicholas Brendan shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah and uh i really didn't have a gay agenda this week nothing felt super gay to me no maybe next um, time yeah the the it it very much kind of like tried to dive into the attraction that veruca puts in men which is not yeah not entirely uh not entirely gay (laughs) not not really um uh but yeah, I'm 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 ready to stop talking about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take us out. All right, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel season one, episode six, Sense and Sensitivity.
<laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also have a blog where I talk about horror films. Uh, here, that's horror by Harrison.blogspot.com. This week I'm covering, um, speaking of things that are bleak, uh, the 1990 film Jacob's Ladder. That was a very depressing movie. I think I've heard about it, and I, I've heard that it has that reputation of being super depressing. It's um, very good, but it's um, it's it's a psychological horror film that is about a Vietnam veteran um, coming home, and ooh. it's uh, it's very much you know, uh, it's very it's very metaphorical about PTSD. Um, and like the dehumanization of war, um, yeah. Oof, that that sounds that does sound rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij three five seven and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. You can find me. Uh, you can find us <laughs> uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at booze and buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail The and is spelled out a n d. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting, uh, appropriately, the Wolf Conservation Center. Uh, The Wolf Conservation Center teaches people about wolves, their relationship to the environment, and the human role in protecting their future. Visit www.nywolf.com. Org for more information. All right. Well, as always, go slay and be gay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Oz. Bye, Oz. Hope you find your humanity. <laughs>